Hello, PodFam, and hello, Rachel. Hi, Laura. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling a little stressed this week, but hopefully it will be short-lived, and then the next time we record, I will be much more relaxed. Yes, you have a big change coming in your life on Monday. (laughs) Literally like a week from now. Yeah, I am officially moving to a new apartment with my partner. So I am uh, excited and nervous because it's the first time I will have lived with a boy. It's scary. It's a change. It's definitely a change. I'm not ready for the socks to be places that it shouldn't be. It's like it either goes in the dresser or it goes in the laundry basket. Yeah, see, men have this talent of just not being able to find it. Either one of those things. We could have multiple laundry baskets scattered around the house, and you know where the socks will be? Right next to it. Every time. Guaranteed. Every single time. But yes, I'm very excited So that we move in on the first. By the time this comes out, I will literally have been living in it for at least – two or three weeks, but whatever. That's the timeline that we move on. But yeah, next time you guys hear from me, I will be in a new space. So I can't wait. Yes, this is so exciting. I'm really excited for you. I know it's going to be like a huge change for you guys, but -hmm. really it's the next step, right? So this is a huge adult moment for you. Yes, yes. And before any of our long-term listeners at me about not being together for that long. I totally understand that. But we just need our own space. And I'm very confident in it just to ease anybody's concerns if you have them. Yeah. And I find when you're older, like you get into a relationship when you're both older, things Mm -hmm. just have a tendency to move a little faster. Like both of you, you're in your mid-20s where in comparison, when I met my boyfriend, we were in our early 20s and still Mm -hmm. had several years of school Mm -hmm. so you know it did take a little bit longer for us to move in together so you know everyone's on their own timeline exactly and that is totally okay and yeah I think just with how our relationship is I feel ready for it and so does he and you know Laura doesn't have any red flags so that pretty much means we're a go yep Yep, I approve. I approve this move. (laughs) Yeah, Laura's like, I approve of this union. Thank you. One day I'll get engaged and forget about asking my dad for permission. It will have to be asking Laura for permission. (laughs) Yeah. Your father (laughs) and I will consult. (laughs) Yes, but big move aside, what are you drinking this evening? So I'm mixing it up a little bit tonight with a tea latte. And it's one I haven't had for a little while. It's the um, golden vanilla latte. Yeah, it's a really good one. I think that's the first time you've had it on here. No, I think I've had it one other time. But it's like turmeric, cardamom, cinnamon, ginger. So, you know, I still consider it a tea latte. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's just like one of those really earthy, spicy flavors that I love it. Mm And then also because it's crazy hot tonight, uh, I'm also drinking ice water. Fair enough. Yeah, it's gross. I've just accepted that I'm going to look a little shiny for the next couple days. But yes, that does does ring a bell actually. So I was incorrect. You have had it before. Yeah, I know. I think it must have been like on the folklore episode. I'm pretty sure that's when I had it. I think so. That's a very folklorian tea. But – I am having peppermint tea again because I am boring. Hey, nothing wrong with peppermint tea. It's what I had before going to bed last night mm-hmm. because, you know, it just it just sets you up for a good night. Mm-hmm. But before we move into the episode, I do have to ask, do you have a little tea fact for me today? Yes, I do have a tea fact tonight. And to celebrate the heat of summer... I Mm -hmm. wanted to talk a little bit about a tea that is in the iced tea family, and that is kombucha. Have you ever tried kombucha before? I have. I went through a period of time, uh, if you remember, in I think 2016, 2017, where that was like my summer drink 
mm-hmm. of choice. And I enjoyed it. I haven't had it in a while. And I was particular to a couple of flavors. But I always kind of liked how it made my tummy feel. Yeah, I was the same way. Definitely ginger kombuchas were my favorite. Um, but mm-hmm. I really I really did like a number of them. Mm-hmm. And it is actually kind of in the tea family. It's related because a lot of the flavors can have a green tea or black tea base. And mm-hmm. then other flavors are added in on top of it. Mm-hmm. And what's kind of cool about this drink is similar to a puer tea, it does contain a probiotic component and that Mm -hmm. is because it's mildly fermented and in your honest opinion would you say it's an acquired taste yeah the first time I had one I was like what the fuck is this yeah like I don't don't like I don't want to turn anyone off but you know I'm, I'm the person who likes weird tasting drinks it has like it's not vinegar but along those lines it it's got a bit of a distinct flavor and that is part of the, the fermentation. So it's kind of, um, you start with like a SCOBY and that is a bacteria culture. So that mm-hmm. is where all the, the cultures and the probiotics are coming from. And it feeds off of sugar that you put into the kombucha. You can actually make kombucha mm-hmm. at home with like a very simple kit. I personally don't have that kind of time and patience. So yeah, if you're looking for something that's a little different and cold, because it is mm-hmm. super hot right now. Definitely give mm-hmm. uh, kombucha a try. I would agree. Um, also, side note, be a bit careful with homemade brews that you could get from like local like smoothie stores and such, like the ones that are um, not fully pasteurized. Yes. Because I did have one that wasn't fully pasteurized when I was into the kombucha days. And uh, needless to say, my stomach was not happy. Yeah, personally, like I like the Rise brand and there's one other brand. I, I love just, the Rise. I can picture the bottle, but I cannot picture the name at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But they're, they're ones that you can actually find in health marts and grocery stores. So they're a little bit of a larger scale production. Um, mm-hmm. And I find their product like the most consistent. Yes. So just be careful with that. And um, yeah, especially when you're just starting out, just try out the grocery brands that are a lot more uh, standard, would you say? Yeah, ease yourself into it. Personally, I love ginger, but there's, okay, I'm going to like rhyme off some flavors and people will be like, ew, what is that? There's like mint chlorophyll, <laughs> there's rose hip. Ooh. Those ones are all by Rise and I, I quite like them. Um, there's grape ones, peach ones, you know, there's really everything nowadays. Like it's pretty trendy of a drink. It is a little bit pricey though. So it's not something like Mm -hmm. I'll drink every day. I'll drink it when I'm in the mood or like I feel like I I don't want water. So I need something with like that more complex fluid, so to say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't actually remember any of the names, but I like the red one. Oh, the red (laughs) one. I think that's the rose one. I think so. It's so good. But Yeah, so let's jump into the episode today. We are going to be talking about how friendships change as you move through adulthood. And this has been a rough one for me in my 20s. How has it been for you? It's been an interesting one. And, you know, just being a couple years older than you, I'm kind kind of going through this like friend phase where other groups, mm-hmm. they're they're doing way different things than what my groups are doing. Um, we'll get yeah. into that later. But yeah, like friendships, if you're lucky, some people, they meet their best friend in kindergarten and their best friends all the way through their life. And I think that's just a beautiful thing. And I love that for people. Mm-hmm. But for many of us, you change, your friends change, your situation changes, There's so many factors going in and on in your life Mm -hmm. that things are always evolving. And as Mm -hmm. hard as it is, the people who are in your life now, they might not be in your life, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. But definitely when you're experiencing the moment as your friend's start to feel like they're drifting from you or you're drifting from them. It's a very hard emotional situation to be in. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because your friends can literally be your whole world. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of shocking one day to realize like, oh, like so-and-so used to be with me every day and now they're mm-hmm. gone. And it doesn't yeah. mean that you you love them any less or, you know, maybe a falling out happened and it was better for your health to to leave that person behind. There's just so much mm-hmm. that goes into it. Yeah, the transition from college to actual working life is definitely – where this I think happens the most because you really do go from seeing a group of your closest friends every single day to maybe you move to a different city or maybe you graduate before they do and then you're kind of going through that transition into working life alone and eventually it's not that you don't love them anymore but there are the times where it feels like when you go to talk to them you're in such a different place than you were that you're like what do I talk about? Yes. And just on your timeline there, I personally think there's two major points in our in our young lives that we do have this mm-hmm. big change over our friends. One is at the end of high school when, mm-hmm. you know, people you have been with sometimes for the past, you know, 12 plus years, everyone's going off mm-hmm. in a different direction. So that is huge in, in yep. changing. And some people will keep their high school friends. Others, others won't. Um, and then mm-hmm. the next one, like you just said, is, you know, sometimes after post-secondary school where people are then moving on into their working lives, whether that's, mm-hmm. you know, changing cities or um, just lifestyles in general. Yeah. So can you give us some times where it felt like you were starting to lose your friend, like a friend or your friend group? And how did you deal with that? Yeah. Now, I kind of had an interesting childhood. Like I moved around quite a bit, yet we still had a home base, if that makes any sense. So my friend groups changed quite frequently from a young age. Yes. So, you know, I was obviously, I was born in Ontario, but then when I was three, you know, my family moved to Quebec for a few years. So Mm -hmm. that was like my first friend group and that was you know the early years up until about grade two yes. and then my family ended up moving back to Ontario so then again you know I had a new group of friends and yes. this one you know I kept for most of elementary school until grade six and then we moved towns kept in contact with some people and then I had to make a new group of friends we only lived in that town for a few years and then we ended up moving back to my hometown. <laughs> Sorry, this is a very lengthy yes. <laughs> moving back and forth. It's just because of my parents' line of work. They were in and out of the country quite a bit. So she moved a lot of times. She lived in a lot of different places. <laughs> I had a lot of first days of school. <laughs> so then I ended up moving back into that group of friends that I went to early elementary school with for like grade eight through high school. And that was a really interesting change because making new friends, you know, it always sucks, but not the end of the world. But coming back into a group, that is a really interesting dynamic. And I I hope someone out there can kind of relate to me with that because, you know, there was almost a two-year gap from when Mm -hmm. I had been close to these friends. And it was in that like really pivotal time between end of grade six and grade eight. So a lot of changes going on, you know, personally and just socially. And that was kind of tough because even though it was a short time frame, we essentially were different people. You know, we were teenagers instead of kids. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that was a bit of a, not a struggle, but like a a change to Mm -hmm. reassert myself in those friend groups and essentially get to know those people all over again. Yeah. And then, you know, through high school, that was just like getting a few more people. And I've never been someone who had a big friend group. Like I know a lot of people, but my close friends are like my close friends. There's probably less than five of them at all times. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, had some really close friends through high school. And then, you know, some of them took a victory lap. Others went right to school. I took a, a gap year. So there was a bit of disconnect for my friends who all went off to school because obviously Mm -hmm. we weren't living in the same town anymore. And, you know, we still talked and everything, but 
the dynamic was different. And that- Well, you weren't going through the same thing that they were going through and they couldn't really understand what you were doing either. No, like we were on completely different paths. Like I was taking a gap year because I wanted to focus on my riding and then I was also working. Where for them, mm-hmm. they were experiencing first year university. Two completely mm-hmm. opposite things. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so understandably, like, you know, we had a harder time relating during those times. And then, you know, they would come back from school and we'd hang out a little bit. But that's when I kind of felt that divide because we couldn't relate as much on the same topics. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then when I did go to school, that closed the gap a little bit. But obviously all of us were in different schools. So we were all branching out into our own thing. Yeah. And by that point, you had all gone through such different experiences that it's like you were pretty different people by the time you went to school as well. Oh, completely different people. You know, now we're 19, 20 years old. That's a lot different from when you're like 17 and a, you know, grade 12 student. Yeah. So that was a big change. And I I must say, I think university was probably when I had my largest friend group, very similar to you. And Mm -hmm. that was based on like the program I was in and my extracurriculars. I just had this new pool of people that I strongly related to. Mm -hmm. So that was really great, you know, always having like someone to hang out with, which was fun. Not that like I was connecting with everyone on a super personal level because that's just not how I am. Um, I'm a little bit more like arm's length, but Mm -hmm. that was great. And then like post-school, a lot of those friendships dropped off and they're still acquaintances. You know, it's not like anything happened, but, Mm -hmm. you know, the life change again. So then Mm -hmm. the hardest thing is like when you're in working situations, it's definitely when your friend group shrinks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like a lot. Yes. If you go back to our work-life balance, you can understand why. Yeah. Like you're new at a job. Like that's kind of like all-consuming. So it's it's that much harder to then make schedules work and, you know, who knows where your friends end up. So Mm -hmm. that's a big change. Would you say that you had some like emotional responses as you were entering adulthood and your friendships were changing or dwindling off? Or would you say that by that point you were kind of like, eh, whatever, I've still got my core three to five people. It's all good. Yeah, I must say I'm fortunate, but I don't know if that's just more my personality where Mm -hmm. I really invest in just a few people. So yeah, like I I do think back and regret is a little bit of a strong word, but I'm just like, oh, like I used to hang out with so-and-so like all the time at lunch and Mm -hmm. I haven't talked to them in years. So yeah, sometimes I'll like reach out to them and say, hey, it's not like we have a super meaningful conversation, but it's nice to just connect. So it wasn't like super difficult for me because, yeah, like like you said, I had my core people, but definitely mm-hmm. different because I was just surrounded by less people. Yeah, I feel like we had uh, some different reactions to friendships changing after college, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm like the introverted recluse, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where you're more the social butterfly, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess I'll jump into my story now. Yeah. Or do you have... No, that's kind of all I have to say. So when did friend groups really become a thing for you? Like, was it younger that you noticed things changing or was it when you were like leaving high school and university? So I was actually a really quiet kid. And honestly, like I was a bit weird. <laughs> same girl, same. If I do no say wonder so. we're friends. So weird. Yeah, this is why we get along so well is because like other people are like, who are these girls? Anyway, so I didn't really notice my friendships changing through childhood and high school because when I was a kid, I was very much in my own world and, you know, I could pretty much independently play games all by myself. I was very introverted and like obviously I did have friends, but it just kind of wasn't my top focus. And then through high school, I went to a super small school and the people that were there like wished them all the best and stuff. But I was in a situation with somebody that was bullying me and that made me feel very isolated, but nobody was really stepping up to help me and make me feel welcome and safe with them. So I felt pretty much completely on my own. So like I literally put my head down 
and you know, did my studies and got into a good school and then dipped. Yeah, you know? and just thinking of that time, just being the outsider, knowing you for, for quite a long time, mm-hmm. it never seemed like you had that one person. Like, you never really had, like, the group of girlfriends mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, you had, like, f- like friends at school, but mm-hmm. not, like, the super close-knit that that you yeah, yeah you had to like, leave when you left town. You were like, "Hey, peace, like on to my next venture." Yeah. And I I had people to hang out uh, hang out with at lunch, but I just didn't really have somebody I bonded with. And I did have friends at the farm, but as the girls that I was riding with in my kind of um crop, shall we say, your age group, my age group, as we started to grow up, they got a bit more engaged in the social side as I got more and more engaged in the riding. So it wasn't even that like we stopped being friends. It's just we kind of started doing different things and they weren't coming out to the farm as much and it's all good. Yeah, like literally um, being the older person watching, you know, all the different uh, generations come up through the farm. Like mm-hmm. You guys were close being kids, but then like that, those teenage years kind of hit and everyone literally branched out. Yeah, which is totally fine. And I think I do remember that being a bit hard for me at the time because I felt like that kind of community that I had of close friends there was dwindling. But I also then got closer to you and closer to our trainer. So it was like it didn't really make that much of a difference. And I started to excel in my riding. So when I went to college, it was kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to see you guys every weekend, but like you're still there. Like you're not going to change significantly from when I see you now to when I see you at Thanksgiving. No, because it was kind of that perfect thing where like um, our, our friend group that you're talking about right now, you know, we were still in school and you were going into school. So for the most part, we were all on that same life path for that period of time. Yeah. The only big difference was that you guys were already established in your relationships and I was kind of just moving into that dating realm. Yes. But when I got to school, it took me a while to hit my stride because I am pretty introverted and, you know, first and second year, I really didn't find people that I connected with. And then I joined my sorority in the third year of my undergrad. And yeah, I literally went from like, you know, two or three friends at school that I can hang out with to like literally I had 50 people in my life. Yeah, like your social calendar literally blew up. Yes, it exploded. And I would not give up that time for anything. Like that is some of my favorite memories. And it was a really good time for me to learn how to connect with anyone. You know, like there were people that I became friends with or found a connection with who I'm like, if I wasn't in this sorority, I never would have spoken to you. Yeah, it was a great opportunity for you to like really branch out and network with other people. Yeah. So obviously like leaving, especially because in first and second year, I didn't have that sense of community. Leaving was really hard for me because it felt like once I had it, I was leaving. Mm Mm-hmm. And something that's very difficult about leaving that kind of a world is that when you leave, a lot of your friends are still there and they do not stop doing what they were doing before. Yes. And actually, just to provide our listeners a little bit of an explanation. So you had graduated where mm -hmm. a lot of your friends in that sorority and, and group, they either did like a victory lap or still had more years to mm-hmm. go so you know f- for you you were moving on into the real world where they were yes. all staying the put so I remember for you that was a really hard time because you felt like an outsider in your own world yeah and like you said about when you uh, came back to your friend group between like sixth grade and eighth grade and it was suddenly like oh we're different people now. I have to re- get to know these people again. Yes. I definitely fell into, honestly, a bit of a depression. I was going through something on my romantic side, but I was also going through that. And I think foundationally, the root of most of what was going on with me was that I felt like I had lost my community. Yes. But when I would go back to visit, it was like, I remember I was literally like, I have to go visit 
once a month or once oh my god like Like, once every month and a half like you were trying to keep the social calendar the exact same like you had never left and the thing was like like you lived three hours away and (laughs) you were like no no I'm driving there this weekend I'm going to this the social event yeah I didn't fully value myself Mm mm-hmm At that time, I didn't value my company. I didn't value the fact that, you know, I really just needed to work on myself, work on work, work on my writing, and then, you know, socialize with you and then the handful of our friends that were living here. And then when it works for me, yes, go visit them. Yes. A sense of my identity was tied to that group of people. But when I would go back to visit, it was great because I was like, oh my God, I missed you so much. And then Obviously, like they welcomed me back with open arms. But as the visits went on and as that year started to progress and get, you know, like end of the first semester, beginning of second, I noticed that as time went on, my presence in that world was starting to be not forgotten, but it was disappearing. Mm -hmm. So it felt like it went from, oh, Rachel's coming to visit. It's like, homecoming weekend in September, oh my God, everybody, let's go see her, to, oh, I'll uh, look at my calendar to see if I can go for lunch with you when you come down to visit. And I don't don't know if you even want to talk about this part, but I do remember one weekend that you went and like there was a plan in place. I think you guys were going to the movies. Yep. And then like, not that everyone dropped off, but there were some people who were just like, oh, I forgot, like, catch you next time. And it was just, like, disrespectful to you and your time because you literally had made this plan, you drove the three hours, and then that friend group, like, they essentially didn't show up for you. And I knew that was a really hard moment for you, but that was also, like, a strong moment for you because you realized, like, I need to move on from this. Like, I'm never going to capture what it was in school. Yeah, so – Definitely me dealing with it was very hard, but I remember they, I had one meeting, like I think it was after we got back from our trip, and I visited everybody who I was very fond of, mm-hmm. and it was like I said goodbye in my own way, and I did not go back and visit. You had actually closed that door and said goodbye. Yeah, so obviously like love the opportunities I get to see them, and some of us talk a bit more than others. And, you know, I have a couple where, like, we literally FaceTime once a month and stuff and have really great conversations. So those friendships are still there, just not in the same capacity. But what I had to learn when I – especially when I went into my first job and even now, like, it was a long time coming. And honestly, the pandemic helped me with it where it was suddenly I didn't have the pressure Mm -hmm. of being social. Mm Mm-hmm. So I actually got to take the time and be like, how social do I actually want to be? Yeah, you actually got to gauge it for yourself and not be like, oh, well, everyone's going in FOMO. I need to go too. Yeah, so pretty much it's a weird thing where it's not even like I got better with my – like I am better with my relationship to friends who have turned more into acquaintances or friends that I feel like I've lost. But now I'm more in a place of like, okay – it's okay just to FaceTime Mm -hmm. my friend. I don't need to drive two, three hours to see them. Or it's okay just to text. Or, you know, even you and I, we literally talk every single day. But the last time I saw you in person was like two months ago. Yeah. And the thing is, like, in my mind, I'm just like, oh, I saw Rachel yesterday. (laughs) You know? I know. I I think COVID has been one of those amazing things where we have had to redefine how we socialize. Yes. And... You know, like we literally either are texting or sending each other stupid memes or we're on the phone or we're podcasting. Mm -hmm. So like you're just so constant in my life that I'm just like, yeah, I saw Rachel yesterday. We hung out with her all week. (laughs) I know. But what helps me move into this space where I am now where I'm like, okay, like friends come and go. You don't love them any less. Like maybe they're just more acquaintances or maybe you're losing touch for a while is just learning to respect my time and put my time first and then choose when I want to use my time to be with other people as opposed to arranging my life around other people wanting to see me. 
Yes. So I hope that that is helpful to anybody that might be going through this time. I guess my main recommendation is if you are like me and that transition is really hard, one, let yourself be sad. Like it sucks. You can like let yourself feel, but then really think on, okay, me as myself, if I move to a city tomorrow where I know nobody and people are a FaceTime away, but I don't have a stocked social calendar, what do I actually like to do? Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be good company for yourself before you're good company for anyone else, you know? Exactly. And literally we say this so often, but I am a better friend now to the people who I focus on Mm -hmm. because of the fact that I work on fulfilling myself first so that I have something to give other people. Yes, I can definitely relate to that as well because, you know, I didn't go through it to the same extent that you did when I left school, but there definitely was that change of like, oh, I used to like be a part of all of these things and now I'm not. And so I would try to find ways to also get back into that world Mm -hmm. and- yeah, like it's it's one of those hard realizations, but the most important thing in like my lesson would be you need to find out what relationships are worth putting the effort in. And yes. it can't be one-sided, like you know, the receiver also has to be a giver. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard because sometimes we put all this energy into friendships that are just taking from you. Mm-hmm. And a really adult decision is is realizing and and deciding, saying, you know what, I'm putting a lot into work into this relationship and you're not, this doesn't work for me. Like it's too draining on me. So that was definitely um, a big thing for me to learn. Mm -hmm. Uh, I must say like my childhood of like moving around so much, like that definitely helped me kind of move over, like get over people a lot faster than I think the average person. So I don't recommend that for everyone. But if you move a lot, you might understand that where like as hard as it is, like you will meet new people and you just have to, I don't know, really stay true to what you love to do and who you are. And then Mm -hmm. your people will find you. I know it's hard some days when you feel completely alone, but you just got to put yourself out there. Like, I don't know how to really say that. Yeah. Two things here. One, going back to what you said about, is it worth putting energy in? If you are like me and you're feeling sad when you leave a chapter and it feels like you're trying to grasp onto those relationships, think about is the extent of the sadness that I'm feeling solely due to the fact that I am missing my friends and I'm missing that community or is part of it the fact that you are putting 100% of the effort into a friendship but you're not getting anything back? Mm. Like if you stopped, would they be there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that – And that – That is so key – Especially in that pivotal moment of your early 20s and mid-20s, mm-hmm. that's really who you, where you find the people who are going to like equally work to be your yep. friend. Because it doesn't matter how old you are, friendships are work. You know, yep. it, like I have many different kinds of friends. You know, I have you who I talk to quite frequently. I have other people who I talk to very frequently and they're, they're my family. And then I have friends who are also like my family and I Mm -hmm. might only talk to them or see them a couple times a year. Yep. And yeah, like it's just understanding where those boundaries are and being okay with like, you know, okay, I know we don't talk every day, but it's not like you're out of my life. You know, if I call you up, I know you're going to answer and we're going to have a great time. Yeah. So that's a hard thing to realize because- you do go from a lot of friendships where you you are talking a lot and you're always together, but it's also mm-hmm. a lot of trust on the same side too Yep. when you do move away. For sure. And just to add something to your last point there as well about your people finding you is it's definitely not that easy to hold this mentality when you're 21 or 22 and you just graduated from college, but As time goes on and you witness your life change over and over again, it might take a year for it to change. It might change in a week, whatever. You will find new people. Mm -hmm. Even if you feel like you have no friends at all, like no romantic prospects, nothing. If you just keep following your path and put one foot in front of the other, 
it's a big world out there. You're going to wind up in a situation where you're interested in striking up a conversation with somebody or they strike it up with you. And then eventually you have somebody who is going to be a huge presence in your life. Yes, I think that's so key. And like, I just want to say, let's make that feeling of being alone when your situation changes normal. Because I, yeah. I literally, like, I truly believe everyone has felt that way at some point in their life when there has been change or fallout or anything. And it's just normal. And it's mm-hmm. it's awful and you, you know, you just want to cry because you feel like you're never going to meet anyone, whether you're like, you know, in a friendship or, or romantically, whatever you're, you're looking for, but you really just have to trust. It's literally like that first day at a new school. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's the only analogy I can kind of think of. Like it's scary and awful sometimes at first, mm-hmm. but then your people find you. Just reframe it as I'm walking into the next season of my life. Ooh, that's a good way. And I don't know what that's going to look like. It might be a more difficult season where you kind of have to be with yourself and make yourself stronger and get more comfortable with you. Or it might be something where suddenly your social calendar is stocked and you're learning all about friendships. It's just kind of how life is and whoever is supposed to find you will find you. Oh, so important. And thing is like on the other side of that, the people who leave your life, it's okay still to love them. Just think of them fondly or reach out to them, even though they might, might not be in your life anymore. And Rachel, can you see why seven sometimes hit me so hard? Yes, I can. Thank you. We're yeah. building up to this episode. <laughs> She's like, I finally can get it into your head of why seven by the great Taylor Swift makes me cry. Yeah, because like honestly, this whole episode, I've just been thinking like, I still got love for you, you know, like... <laughs> So it's been in my head a whole time. So I had to point that out. I'm sorry. I just I just had to take that moment to point it out. We always bring it back to Taylor Swift. It's because the girl's been there, all right. And you know she has. She knows. Yeah, and all these emotions that that we're feeling, they're nothing new. You know, we collectively experience them, yet we feel like we experience them alone. Yeah, and this is one thing that used to drive me nuts when I was younger but sometimes those feelings and those changes are literally a product of your age and when you get older you'll be like I was stressing about that oh yeah like the things you stress about but I find when your world is like less complicated it's easier to stress about that I don't have time for that anymore yeah no me I'm just like oh we're not talking right now okay I'll talk to you later when we're both not busy (laughs) you know I know It's literally when you go from like, huh, my friend doesn't talk to me. I wonder if they're mad at me. I need to ask. Where now I'm like, if you're mad at me and you don't tell me, you're not mad at me. That is your problem (laughs) or or you're not mad at all. (laughs) Yes. It's like either tell me or I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Exactly. But okay. So we've kind of talked about the historical a little bit now. Let's talk about current and future. You know, you're turning 25. I'm 29. And, you know, we're fairly established outside of school now so you know we've got a few years under our belt where our friend groups have been a little smaller yet our friendships have been richer yes also fuck we're old now let's not talk about that all right like I mean we're not old we're still young in spirit but I'm just like I never thought we would be like so I'm 25 and you're 29. I know. I know. It hits me sometimes. And it, I had the moment where it hit me today where I was thinking like, oh, my boyfriend's 30. And I'm like, hold on a second. He's 31. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. How'd you get so old? How did I get old? I know. I'm having a crisis over here. <laughs> I know. But yes, adult friendships. As you get older and your friendships change, then also your priorities of your friends change and some of them might be more career focused some of them are like travelers like very free spirit focused and others are very family focused so basically where we're at now is dealing with the pressure of how do you navigate that when you might be career focused but you have friends around you that are more focused on family like where do you meet yeah. Together. Yeah. And like, I almost want to call this the third roadblock of friendship. Yes. Because, you know, okay, so you go through high school change, you go through university change, 
now you're truly going through the real lifestyle change. You know, like you said, there's friends that might be more career-minded, travel-minded, family-minded. I'm sure there's a whole other thing that we're not even thinking about of how people want to live their lives. And I don't want to knock any of those things. Like I think they're all great paths and whichever path you are meant to be on, that's your path. I'm just going to throw that out there before we even go down this road. And as someone who is 29, you know, I turn on Facebook, I turn on Instagram. And my God, there are a lot of wedding announcements and birth announcements. Sad, scary. So many people are getting engaged in Alberta, like in Banff right now. And I'm like, what? I've seen so many people getting engaged who are like younger than me. And I'm just like, hello, I'm a child still. What do you mean? Yeah, like, it's- what do you mean you're ready to get married? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of freaky. And like for you, you now that you're turning 25, you're probably going to start seeing like the first baby pregnancy announcements. At 29, I'm starting to see the second and third child. <laughs> oh, God. It's terrifying. It's literally terrifying. And, you know, for myself personally, I know for you as well, Rachel, we are very much like career minded people. So, yes, it's kind of like, whoa, there's people who are my age who are having a family where I'm just like, like you, like, I'm like, I'm a child. I just learned how to take care of myself. I don't think I could birth a new human being and take care of them as well. And it's so weird too, because it's like, we've been so career focused always. Like you transitioned to living with your boyfriend in the fall. And as I'm transitioning into it now, it's like, we're still in that career focused mindset, but we're also starting to like enter into that more what eventually maybe would become mm-hmm. the family mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's such a different feeling because it's like when you're just career focused and you're moving around to different jobs, different cities, you're like, eh, it's just what I'm doing right now. Where when you move in with a partner, it's like you're making that commitment to be like, okay, if this works, maybe we're going to get married. Maybe we're going to have a family. And I'm just like, Oh my God. (laughs) It honestly hits you like a ton of bricks. Like, yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about the whole thing right now. Sometimes I just don't think about it. No, I don't really think about it too much. But it's really funny when it comes to your friend groups. Because me personally speaking, all of my close friendships, like we're all kind of on that career first path. But it's kind of funny when I branch out to like the secondary groups. You know, a lot of them are having kids and going more down that route. Yeah. And I feel like that is sometimes a divide because literally your priorities can be very different. I'm not saying that, you know, a woman can't be career focused and family oriented. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just talking in general here. You know, your priorities are just very different and that might not cause a riff in the friendship, but I personally feel like there's a little bit of separation there because they can just be two very different things when it comes to, um, you know, having conversations of, you know, I want to get pregnant or, you know, I'm planning my wedding and we're buying a house versus like, oh, I, you know, I'm trying to get a job. Like I'm, I'm trying to move up the corporate yeah. ladder. So I have personally found in certain settings, I'm just like, oh, wow. Like I'm just with a group of people who have a completely different set of goals than I do. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like, wow, look at that. You know, we're, we're very different mm-hmm. and, you know, we might not relate on the same things that we used to. Yeah it's a really defined moment where suddenly you can witness friend groups if you have one at this age change because say you're career focused and you have your career focused friends but somebody who is still your best friend but is very family oriented is suddenly joining groups or building a community with other mothers like it's like you're not going to transition into that group with them right now. So it's almost something that you're not even a part of, which is a weird feeling. Exactly. You know, it's like having a best friend and you've always done everything together. And all of a sudden that best friend is like doing things without you, so to say. Yeah. That hasn't really started happening for me yet. But what I've noticed is our conversations changing to oh, do you want to get married? Or like, when do you think you would have kids? Do you want to have kids? All of this stuff. And I'm just like, when did we stop talking about X and start talking about this? Yes. When did that happen? Because I don't remember it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of funny, like one of our really close friends, she's like rocking in her business right now. She's an artist. And I love that for her because she's literally living her dream. 
And I've had some conversations with her because her very close friend group that she grew up with, you know, they've all gotten married in the last year and they're either pregnant or just had their first child. And sometimes Mm -hmm. she'll call me and she'll just be like, hey, can we just talk about business stuff for a little bit? She's like, I've literally just been talking about how to get pregnant (laughs) for the past, you know, day with, with my group of girls who I love dearly. But she's just like, you know, I'm just, I'm really struggling to relate to them right now. And yeah. I need to connect with someone who is a little bit more down my life path. You know, like, it's okay to have those feelings. And, you know, if you find some of your friends, not that they're like any less your friends, but they're on a different path, it's okay for you to branch out as well to continue finding people that you connect with. Exactly. And then eventually down the road, like either they've had their number of kids that they want for their family and they start being more focused on work again, or you're transitioning into, okay, I think I want to have my first child. I want to go to my friend who's experienced this before. It's just, you know, you're not losing a friend because they're focused on something else. You're just going through something different and you'll come back together in the future if you're meant to. Yeah. It's like, you know, everything comes around again. Right. Yes. And I I do have a specific question that I wanted to ask for this because I feel like we need to more talk about pressures because anyone our age is kind of knows what we're talking about because they're experiencing it with us. But when you are talking to the friends that do have different priorities from you, do you feel it's not coming from them per se, but do you feel pressure that you should be doing something else? Or you should be looking to start a different chapter of your life than the one you're going down? Oh, that's such an interesting question. I really love that. Um, Yes and no. On the no side, like, I am very confident in, like, my life path and I know my partner's life path. So in that sense, like, I don't feel influenced. Mm -hmm. However, I do find with some friends, they'll be kind of like, oh, I'm having these thoughts. Are you having these thoughts too? Well, you should be having these thoughts. And then sometimes that can make me like waver, not even waver a little bit, but like I consider it. So yeah, I think it really depends on the person, you know? Yeah. Um, Some of those things can completely make you question who you are. And the one thing like I'm struggling with right now, so like we've gone to a couple of weddings, my partner and I, and we have been together for a long time, you know. There are people who get married and like engaged and married a lot faster than uh, the time that we've been dating. And yeah. a lot of people are like, they do the like, oh, you're next. And I'm just like, get out of here. <laughs> like, no. You're like, I don't know. I don't know. No, like, it, and I just, that becomes a hard thing. And this might be like changing the topic of the episode a little bit, but it's kind of frustrating. Because you feel the need to, like, explain yourself to people who you might not even be very close with. But they're just like, hey, I recognize you and your partner have been together a long time. Why aren't you married with a family? That's that societal pattern where it's almost unconscious that they're asking it of you. But it's the expectation of, oh, they've been together for X amount of years. They should have been engaged after three and then married at four. And now they should have their first kid. Right. I know. It's just like, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> um, I know. So I feel that but it's such a, it's such an interesting thing where it's honestly a bit of an inappropriate question to ask in my opinion, mm-hmm. but it's such an ingrained societal thing to like expect that of couples that people are like, oh, it's a normal thing to ask. But it's like, no, it's not. I actually have a bit of a personal story about it. So um, my boyfriend and I, we were at a wedding and I was showing my sister some pictures from it because she recently got engaged and she has been, she was the best person to point this out because she has literally been with her boyfriend for almost 12 years. So a very long time. And Mm -hmm. everyone was was always bothering her with like, oh, you guys getting married or like, you know, all those questions. And as I'm showing Mm -hmm. her pictures, she was just like, oh, you guys are next. And then I literally saw her face drop and she looks at me and she's like, oh, my God, I am so sorry for doing that to you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. Like, like I just kind of joke it off because I'm like, <laughs> you're not the first person to do that to me. Like, and she's just like, I used to hate 
when everyone did that to me. And I'm, she's like, I am so sorry I just did that to you because she'd been there. She was focusing on her career and, you know, she was happy in her relationship. They didn't feel like they needed to get married. And then one day they, you know, they had the discussion and they're just like, okay, you know what? Now we want to get married. So they got engaged. Yeah. So she was just like beating herself up for falling for that societal norm of making that a question that really is no one's business. So I really appreciated it from her for recognizing that. She's just like, I'm so sorry. She's like, I had to put up with that for 12 years and I just did that to you. So it was just kind of a funny little little personal story on that note. Uh, Life. Yeah. It just gets worse, you know, because no one really cares if you do get married or have kids or do the whole thing. They're just like, this is what you're supposed to do. (laughs) So I find sometimes that's why, why they go down that road and ask, even though it's no one's business, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is even related to friendships anymore, but (laughs) it's an important topic. It's an important topic to cover. It is. Well, I mean, I feel like this is part of the transitionary thing that happens with friends at this time. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of our listeners, like from when I've talked to them, they are very much like the professional mindset. So I feel like they can kind of relate to this. And hey, you know what? In a few years, we might be on the family path. So then we will talk about family stuff but this is just where Rachel and I are in our lives right now so Mm -hmm. this is how we view things and and can relate to what's going on around us yeah I'm in that fun period of time where I haven't passed the oh you're so young like don't worry about it like be free like don't get locked into something I'm between that and the oh you're 26 when are you getting married yeah just wait another month and and then once you're 25 It'll start It'll happening. start happening, I swear. It'll start happening. Yeah. So it's like I'm almost in a weird situation where it's like people around me that I'm close to aren't necessarily getting married. But, you know, I can imagine that there's going to be some people when I do tell them, oh, I'm moving in with my partner, they're going to be like, what? And then others that are going to be like, oh, my God, yay. I'm in that weird in-between. Yeah, and I think it goes back to you attracting the people who you relate to mostly. Like we said before, you know, a lot of our friends, we're all on the same path right now. But when we do venture out into like our extended friend groups and, you know, I had the opportunity to go to a bachelorette party. And the funny thing was like, I was the only one there who wasn't like married with kids or married and pregnant. Yep. So it was just kind of fascinating to see a whole new friend group that I was the outsider on. And it just kind of goes back to like, oh, you like attract your people. So they had this beautiful support group of, you know, young mothers and new mothers. And they were just so intertwined and connected on their shared experience. You attract what you put out. Your vibe attracts your tribe. Damn, damn. (laughs) That's a good note to leave it on. (laughs) I hope that you guys found our stories interesting and the lessons we learned from it valuable because we just hope that our experiences can help you guys. So if you could please leave us a review and then wherever you listen to your podcasts, if you could give us a little follow or subscribe, that would be wonderful so that we can build our community. And Do we have the Discord chat in the show notes? Yes, Discord chat is in the show notes. So we are on there. If you want to further the conversation or you want to connect with other people in the community, I definitely love when you can comment back on a a podcast episode. So definitely Mm -hmm. check that out down below. And until next time, live like tea. Live like tea.